Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. One o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap with you. Jed Marshall producing the show. We'll hear what Harrison Butker had to say in the locker room today to Pete Sweeney coming up in the next half hour. Also, we'll get back into what has become the, the, the biggest story in Kansas City involving a super fan and an alleged robbery down in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and at least the Tulsa area, and also the, the fallout from that in particular uh, coming up again later on this hour. But let's talk some Chiefs football, and I guess we'll start talking to Nate Taylor from The Athletic about uh, his thoughts on what is, I'm sure, something in a beat that he's really on top of right now, which is super fans and sports in the, the troubled patch for many. <laughs> Dog. Oh, incredible intro, Mr. Gold. Um, God, happy to be chatting with y'all. Now, look, uh, this is full transparency. I, I took my son, Hayden, he's seven years old, to his first NFL game on Sunday. Nice. Um, because, because, yeah, I looked at the schedule and thought, you know, Chiefs Texans, that'll be fun. Um, didn't anticipate overtime, obviously, but me and Holly and Hayden, we had a nice weekend. It was around 7 o'clock, you know, right when you're trying to get your kiddo to bed in a, um unusual environment that is a hotel. And obviously I missed a lot of texts, and you're just like, wait, what happened? And like, huh, what? <laughs> and it's like, that guy? And just also, full transparency, he was on my flight. From LAX LAX to Kansas City after the Chargers game. So, like, I briefly. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Uh, So, he actually does fly. Yeah. At least sometimes. Well, I guess, right. Well, I guess, you know, going across regions, right? From Midwest to LA and LA back. I just. But but no, uh, he was was on the flight and it was just like, hey, how you doing? Cool. (laughs) Um, uh, man, I didn't I, realize I, did did not realize that. I'm like, so you telling me that was a, and then I had like put it all together math wise, and it's like, so you telling me what? And I'm like, of course, the journalist in me is like, is this a, is this like a news story? Yes, put this all together. Like, where can I read this? What website must I get on? I, yours, um, I hope. Can you write this at the Athletic, <laughs> Nate? I want every piece of this information. <laughs> Look, man, uh, <laughs> I am only one man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I will try to do what is newsworthy and noteworthy. Now, obviously, this man is not on the active roster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's on a he's on someone's list of names. There's a name somewhere we his list on. Yeah, just down in Tulsa. Just, I mean, every tweet from the past that has a just a totally different you know, element to it now has been um, quite enjoyable in the free time that I've had uh, briefly over yesterday and, and today. But no, it was, it was, I'll just say it, it was hilarious to know that this is indeed <laughs> the case. Um, because obviously who you are on the internet, who you are from a persona or an alter ego or a 
um, facade that you might have. I mean, look, you know, we're human beings. We have, we're all multidimensional, some more than others. And and we just we just learned a lot more about this particular human being. Yeah, social, um, who, social media is just not a real place, Nate. We should have known that. We've kind of oh, known that. It's just not. It's more further proof that it's just not a real world that we're living in on social media. There's a, there's a lot of posing for someone like me who's trying to provide I don't know valuable information about the team that they root for. Uh, you know, I hope that people <laughs> hope that there's some form of reality to all this. But but yeah, I, I get your point. And lastly, when it comes to this thing, it's just like um, the Internet is forever. And (laughs) wow, that's always a crazy thing when it just reminds you that, yeah, man, what you put out here, they ain't going to forget. They going to find you. They they going they going to everything you said, everything you deleted. And like it's terrifying, obviously, as I'm trying to. Uh, prepare my son for such a world but yeah the the internet's forever and it's just like dog are you kidding me this is this is real life that was like multiple i got multiple texts about that and again i've only met this person for like a couple of minutes while on a same flight Tulsa's to, a f- from la to, to kansas city tulsa's a four-hour drive you think we can get on a guest list you know, get on a visitor's list. Let's do a story, I, Nate. I'll record I mean, it. We can do some of that for the radio. You can write it up. Well, based on how the court proceedings may go, this might be an off-season story that we need to <laughs> that we need to keep on the on not the back burner. We need to keep it on the on the pedal. So, you know, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, you know, obviously the combine I think is like two weeks after the draft. But hey, like if there's a court proceeding. In March till early April, yeah, let's 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 find some time. You got an attorney? You want to talk this thing through? You want to you want to get your message out there? Um, yeah, I mean, let's. What was going through your mind when you were trying to rob banks to float? I think the ability I, to see know, your Nate, football I, team. Nate, I think the piece is, you know, I know you want to be at the Super Bowl in Phoenix, but I think the real story is for you to somehow be allowed to watch the Super Bowl with this individual behind bars. Oh, get, his, <laughs> get, his, get his perspective. Will his costume be available for him? I mean, huge details. Well, I'm going to guess it's impounded with his car. Probably in the trunk, <sighs> Nate. What do you think he had the costume in the car? <laughs> well, he drove there. He had to, right? It's like he's Spider-Man. He's Peter Parker one minute, and then he's Spider-Man the next. Only this is not as cool <laughs> at all. I guess let's talk about the actual teammate. I think everyone's initial reaction to the game is, oh, my God, you played close against a bad team two times in a row. But it's the second time in a row that they statistically nominated a bad team where they put up yards, they put up points, they held the other team down on yardage. Why are these games close? Because there aren't a lot of good reasons why that Texans games could be close. When you put up 500 yards of offense, only allow a team to throw for 120 Outside of turnovers and Carl Sheffers. <laughs> I'm so happy you mentioned the uh, the last element to <laughs> the Sunday's game. The last ingredient that was a, a bit more spicy than probably everybody anticipated. So the thing that I keep coming back to and I think will obviously serve as the season move, moves along and obviously what the outcome is in January or early February is just like, Okay, the defense is functional at times, but that's to be expected when you have this many rookies and a occasional pass rush 
that is obviously dependent on Chris Jones being just a superhuman type defender. And guess what? He's having a career year. It's unfortunate that he got an illness on Friday. He missed Friday's practice. And so that obviously bled into Sunday. He just wasn't his normal self. He didn't play his normal snaps. So it's like, okay, you know, more times than not, Chris Jones is going to be the reason why the Chiefs defense is functional at times with a group that is capable of tackling. I mean, we've all seen it. Yeah. But, hey, you know, occasionally they can get an interception. Occasionally they can get a fumble. So occasionally they're a functional defense. The bigger thing that I think matters in these two games, and obviously that's mattered in the last nine when you include them all together, is they are such an elite offense that, yes, if they had a better defense, these turnovers wouldn't matter. Like if they had, I don't know, if they had the New England Patriots defense, I'm just naming a random defense, but if they had the New England Patriots defense with Bill Belichick and that whole cast and crew, they could turn the ball over three times every game and still win. That is how potent and efficient they are on offense with Patrick Mahomes leading the unit, with the unit mostly staying healthy, and obviously getting McCole Hartman back, getting Kadarius Toney back into the mix. The problem is can't turn the football every game when you have a defense that occasionally is not functional. Occasionally will give up the big play. Occasionally can't limit the team to three points on a short field instead of giving up six or seven. So I think for both sides of the football, the onus is on the offense. Hey, obviously you've got to score points and win games, but you've got to protect your own defense or at least give them longer fields to make their own impactful plays at an occasional manner versus what you do on a normal basis, which is obviously be one of the best offenses in the league. Obviously you're scoring, you know, obviously the, the, you're one of the highest scoring offenses in the league but you can't give the ball up because that's allowing lesser talented teams or equally talented teams to stay in the game and be capable of beating you or having an opportunity to beat you in the fourth quarter or overtime. So if they cut down the turnovers, then I think the defense, again, on occasion, can like help you win a football game in January against an equally talented team. But if the offense puts the defense in bad situations, well, why should we trust the defense getting stops when we've seen it now for nine straight games, some of these games are really tight just because the offense turns the ball over and gives the other team a chance to get some momentum and obviously get points on the board. We're talking to Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Because of the these issues that continue to come up, of course, it, it it's it's somewhat scary for Chiefs fans knowing that it potentially could lead you to, to going home early in the postseason, which is why this Saturday against Seattle, I understand they're in a bit of a rut right now, but they have a ton to play for. Like, I think this game on Saturday is really crucial and important for Kansas City to, all right, let's find out uh, if, if these, these turnovers, uh, if some of these issues that we were fearful of come playoff time, this is maybe a potential playoff team you're going to face on, mm. on, on Saturday. And so let's find if, – if they're still making these mistakes and they're as big as we think they are, well, then that, that, you're, you might lose that game on Saturday. This is a team that can actually beat you and maybe make you pay for those. Right, and it's a, it's a perfect opponent for this time of the year. Um, I know that might sound strange to some of the listeners, but, but think of it this way. This is the Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl. Um, they are hanging on by a thread. They got to throw anything and everything out there to obviously compete with the Chiefs to stay with them and obviously have a chance maybe to win it late. Um, Geno Smith is playing better football than you believe he is, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the weapons are starting to – not be as effective as they were earlier in the year, um, but they're still capable. Now, because they played the 49ers, a divisional opponent that knows them, 
Um, Nick Bosa is terrifying. <laughs> okay, so if Chris Jones can do what Nick Bosa did, you know, if he's a little more healthier, if he doesn't have, you know, if the illness doesn't sort of linger, then yeah, he's capable of sort of, you know, uh, really blowing up the Seattle Seahawks plans. I will also say the Seattle Seahawks defense is just as bad as the Houston Texans. So, hey, you got 500 yards last week. You can get 500 yards this week if you just execute, don't turn the football over, obviously be efficient in the red zone. I think this is a great matchup because, honestly, I would pick the Detroit Lions to get to the playoffs more than I would pick the Seattle Seahawks. But because this team has real desperation, it will be similar in some ways to a playoff game, right? This team knows if we lose on Saturday, we're not making the playoffs, all right? Because the 49ers have already won the division. We know the NFC East is loaded with teams who are in the same type of race that they're in. And look, their schedule is unfortunately more difficult because they're playing the, the Chiefs. So Pete Carroll's a good coach. You know that defense is young and inexperienced, kind of like the one that the Chiefs have. The, the issue is, is that they really can't stop anybody, whether it's Brock Purdy, whether it's some of the teams they've played in the, in the past, and unfortunately, the Seahawks aren't scoring at the same rate they were early in the year when it was warmer, when you could move the football with Geno Smith passing the ball. Um, they've been limited at times. Their offensive line is starting to um, deteriorate to some degree in terms of its performance from what I see on film. But, yeah, this is a great matchup because that team is more desperate than you when they enter the building. You've already clinched the playoffs. Yes, you're trying to get the one seed. Yes, we understand that the Buffalo Bills have a great opponent with the Cincinnati Bengals coming up. But – that team's more desperate than you, but you're more talented. And a lot of times that's how the postseason is going to go. You have one of the most talented teams because you have the most talented quarterback, but that team is more desperate than you to continue their season. So how they do Saturday, again, is another way of informing how is this team getting in shape for a postseason run that could go to Arizona or it could be one and done if things don't go a certain way, whether that's played in you know, Arrowhead to open – the postseason run or if it's in the AFC championship game in Buffalo against the Buffalo Bills. Nate, I know this is hard to conceptualize because now we have revisionist history on our side, but where the chiefs are heading going into this postseason, how confident are you? They will win the Super Bowl as compared to previous years. Cause each of the last couple of years, I felt like they were playing good football going into the postseason. Right. And this year it makes it harder to be confident this time of year. Yeah. Um, I I hope people understand what I'm trying to say here. I was most confident that they were going to win the Super Bowl in 2020 um, when they were trying to attempt the running back tour. Um, sure. Now, what I didn't see was, of course, the injuries to the offensive line. I didn't see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Green Bay and winning that game and all of a sudden being the first team ever to host a Super Bowl in their home venue. So things changed. But on the day of the AFC Championship game, I was pretty confident that, like, they are going to destroy this Buffalo Bills team because Buffalo had never been to that stage. And they're, at the time, were a poor matchup because they could not pressure Patrick Mahomes against a really good offensive line that obviously had Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz on the book ends of it. I was more confident then than I was in 2019. Now, look, I went into the Super Bowl saying there's no way <laughs> to the 49ers have seen a quarterback this good this season. Guys, they beat Kirk Cousins, okay? And an Aaron Rodgers team that was obviously flagrant at the time because um, they had an embarrassing loss in the NFC Championship. As I look towards this season, it's a complete toss-up, man. I got 
I got no real sense of where this team is going to go because there are so many young guys. And I just want to wrap my mind around just how many young guys you're counting on, which I think Chiefs fans really need to consider in terms of like what their expectation is for this team in January. Yes, you have Patrick Mahomes. Yes, you have Andy Reid, a Hall of Fame coach. But is Isaiah Pacheco going to play well for three straight games? Can you say the same about Trent McDuffie? What about George Karloftis? Hey, Brian Cook, there are going to be four plays in the postseason that you're going to have to make because you're going to be in dime in either a comeback situation or the team is rallying in a two-minute drill and they got to move the football down the field. And so we need more coverage specialists on the field than obviously in normal game script settings. Can you get it done? Same goes for Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, Leo Chanel. Hey, man, it's first and 10, and what you do on this play really matters for the third down play that's coming. Can you make a play to help the team move forward? And, of course, Sky Moore. We know he's not going to be returning punts, but, hey, you're going to be in some one-on-one situations. Andy Reid's going to see something up for you. Can you make a big play to continue the drive, whether it's on first down or third down? So if this is a more veteran-laden team like the teams in 2019 and 2020, I would have pretty – good confidence about this group at least making the AFC championship game, which in my mind was the goal this entire season. Could you somehow retool the roster yet get back to the same game that you were in last year? And obviously with Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones, hey, you'll take your chances. It's a 50-50 proposition at that point to get back to the Super Bowl. But I always thought the destination for them was the AFC championship game, probably with the understanding that that game wasn't going to be played in Kansas City because history suggests you hosting five straight AFC championship games is bonkers. So with all that said, if they get to the AFC championship game, that is a true achievement and a true accomplishment for this group. But I can't go into it confident that like all these young guys that they've relied on all season are going to play their best football at the most crucial, critical time of the season. That would be asking quite a lot for this young of a group. Lastly, Nate, uh, we, we know yesterday Dustin Colquitt was on our station, had pointed out uh, some of the issues in the kicking game, put some blame on, on Tommy Townsend for how he was not getting the laces out and, and holding the football. That prompted, uh, uh, of course, some, some more questions today towards Andy Reid, who kind of downplayed it and, and said, mm-hmm. you know, Dustin, Dustin's got a big personality. Everybody's got an opinion, uh, which I thought was fantastic. That's passive aggressive, Andy, by the way. Yeah. Yes, um, it's, so, it's so like, don't. <laughs> Stop talking, Dustin. Yeah, and like we're going to hear from Harrison Butker in just a couple of minutes uh, from the locker room to get his thoughts uh, on Tommy Townsend as a holder and what's going on with the whole kicking game. How concerned are you about this, though? Because I think it's valid to be concerned. I'm concerned. I think the Chiefs uh, settling for that 51-yard field goal, seemingly settling for it, was a mistake, uh, and you shouldn't have the confidence that we once had in Butker. At the same time, he is still an above-average kicker, and he's still your best option for this season. Right. Correct. Yes. That, I, that's a lovely way of saying it, Alex, because the more I think about it, and we discussed it last night on my show, me and, me and Carrington, but it's just statistically, I feel confident with Harrison Bucker from about 40 yards and in. Now, I know that's seven yards more than the extra points that's <laughs> kind of been an issue this year as well. But asking him to be the guy he was previously from, again, 51, from 55 in Cincinnati, um, I'm not sure that's being respectful to Harrison, given his condition, considering that he's still dealing with an injury. Like, he doesn't want to admit it, but that's the case. And then you add in this new wrinkle of, you know, all of a sudden we're questioning Tommy Townsend. I don't know when he's going to talk to us, um, you know, in terms of reporters and give his perspective. He's obviously put in a weird bind because, hey, man, the dude you replaced is a legend at that position. 
And also, his voice matters. And also, um, I I believe that they've already had these conversations before. I know Tommy Townsend and, and Dustin Cole could have talked on numerous occasions. One of the guys that helped him get ready to make his NFL debut, obviously as an undrafted rookie, was Dustin Colquitt. So there's obviously some respect there. Um, Dustin understands that, like, hey, better to criticize you now than when, you know, it could be in the divisional round or the championship round or, God forbid, the Super Bowl. I just think for everyone, the Chiefs need to be a little bit more aggressive when they get to the plus side of the field. And this is something that we now know because we learned it in Cincinnati. Hey, it was fourth and seven, and you trusted the kicker. He missed. Hey, it's a potential game winner. We don't really want to go to overtime, but we don't want to really show, like, plays that we're going to use against better competition. So, like, all right, screen pass. All right, Harrison, we'll give you another chance to, you know, to show us that, like, you still got that clutch ability to win a game late. Unfortunately, he missed, like, Asking him to do it a third time in an even bigger game I think is unreasonable considering where the player is from a conditioning standpoint. Um, if his left ankle is never going to be fully healthy for the remainder of the season, then limit his range to about 40 yards. Statistically, he's been excellent from 39 and in. It's when you get to 40 and out where he's basically 50-50. I think right now he's converting at a 55% success rate. Um do you want to go to the Super Bowl on a 50-50 kick with Harrison Booker, or do you want Patrick Mahomes on the field? Mahomes. Regardless, regardless of the setting. Like, is it fourth and five? Is it fourth and ten? Is it fourth and 15? Okay. Do we? Is it a fourth and we got to have it, or is it a fourth and we can trust our kicker that he might make it? Again, big emphasis on he might make it. And we all know that he's not fully healthy and fully confident and, like, in a groove right now. So trust Mahomes. But at least you now have two games to reference back to so that Andy Reid can make a proper decision if Patrick Mahomes is fully healthy, if the offense is moving the football. And, look, if that's the best unit you got on your team, then ride that unit as far as it will take you. And sometimes that means, hey, we could try a 45-yarder to win the AFC championship game in Buffalo in the snow or Patrick lead us, lead us down the field because we're giving you four chances instead of the normal three. Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Uh, well, safe travels back from Houston, man, and we'll, we'll check in next week. All right, man. Thank you so much. There you go. Nate Taylor joins us every Tuesday here on Cody and Gold uh, down in Houston. I'd be more worried if he was going towards Houston, which is where the trouble appears to occur sometimes. Yeah, he flew. Uh, he did not drive. <laughs> Nate, Nate, Nate flew. Um, we learned from Nate there that it sounds like uh, he was on the same flight. Uh, when the Chiefs played in L.A. earlier this uh, this season. Same flight with Chiefs Sahali. So he does fly occasionally. At least for that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He does yeah. drive occasionally. As we've learned. <laughs> As we figured out, too. We've learned that a little bit today. Can we actively follow this court case? You know how to search the <laughs> legal documents. Can we just, like, f- figure out when things are on the docket, we pull can. some audio from it? We can, if you would like. We can keep an eye on it. Get little updates as the, as it progresses. The two hundred thousand dollar bond. I don't know how how quickly he's getting out. Are you sure, man? I mean, he's had some expendable cash. Although yes, he was in, he, allegedly trying to rob a bank at that time, again, which means he might have been a little short cor- on cash. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> if he had two hundred thousand dollars, that's not the right time you, to rob a bank. You bet eighty thousand potentially on a, on a sporting event and you lost. 
I mean, this guy might have been doing some stuff. I don't think he just had millions of dollars lying around to be doing that consistently. He's going to run. Why do you think he had to keep going? Support that lifestyle. <laughs> I guess I'll just never live that lifestyle. I'm not willing to rob a bank in order to support my lifestyle. Who is on this show most likely to rob a bank? Nick, probably. See, I'd say you because you got the knowledge. Uh, I do have the knowledge. You've got the. You've I'm got not confident I can get away bank, with it. Former still. bank teller. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. You actually, you might just start. You might start talking too much to the teller, so you might get yourself. In, <laughs> you might get yourself in a little bit of trouble. What you about might, Jed? Quiet over here. He's not saying Jed's anything. Jed's definitely quiet. I don't know if he. He doesn't seem like he has much interest at all in, yeah. in doing that. I'm um, not a financially driven person, so going and robbing a bank doesn't necessarily seem all that appealing. Now, like a weed dispensary, I'd be oh, a prime geez. candidate for that. But you'd be the most likely on the show to do that. I wouldn't uh, you think someone brings up a fair someone brings up a fair point. He might have, for was that a one way flight or a round trip? One way he might have had some money to pay for the flight back from LA after a few stops oh, on the good way point. out. Maybe he rented a car on the way out. Although rental car a, Yeah, you don't want to rent the car. That's tracy. Yeah, you don't want to do the rental car. They can trace that a little bit easier. They can just ask yeah. all the rental car companies mm-hmm. if any of their cars are in the area. You don't want that kind of trouble. Yeah. Once again, we're doling out robbery advice in a way. I think that's just common. Also, sense. turn off, just so you know, oh, on geez. Google. Oh, gosh. You absolutely can go to mm. your phone mm. on maps and all that because if you haven't turned this off oh, through boy. Google, they're always tracking you. You can turn off your geo tracking, though, and you should. Just go into the settings. Yeah, that's, for, settings. That's, for, that's for Google. You don't think law enforcement, Cody, can track. If your phone is on, law enforcement can track your ass if they want if, to. If it's already on. But the way the system is set up is that it's designed to. So, like right now, they could pull up a report of everywhere you've been I mean, with yeah. your phone. You can legally, you can turn that off so that they can't turn over that information. Yeah, but if you send so that te- they can't track it, right? But if I send you a text, text fine. But just I'm if, saying, if like, I send you I a, leave your phone at home when you're committing it, this crime, or turn off all that tracking. If I send you a text or I make a phone call, that pings a cell tower and they can trace it back. But and don't all that. do the don't make calls <laughs> if you're going to rob a bank. But also turn off the tracking. I'm telling you, turn off the tracking. Of you're your phone. Thinking, you don't want that kind of trouble in case you commit a crime. Cody, you're assuming that individuals that are robbing banks, allegedly, allegedly, yeah. are so smart to know this. I'm telling people now. Some more advice. So, so, the, second, so. so the second time in six months, you're handing out <laughs> robbery advice. Do you have this setting turned off, Cody? I do. Well, why? that seems a little why? bit suspicious. Yeah. Why? 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 You, I have nothing to hide. Why do you? Why do you have your setting? I don't know. Turned just off? in case. I don't need. Well, I don't need to be tracked all the time. Gold. Do you think it's a little bit weird that Cody had COVID, was gone for I you know do. multiple days I'm here from now, the show? Aren't I? I think and it's weird. Nick is gone turned as well. off some tracking device on his phone. Both Nick and Cody were gone at the time of this robbery. They were not on this show. This is. It was the first time in the history of this show, by the way, that both Cody and Nick were gone, and I was here. With a with Jed or a different producer, the first time, and it, it still happens. The one of the bigger scandals in Chiefs fandom history involving robbing a bank in Tulsa, Oklahoma area, Bixby. Well, I can huh. at least speak to our alibis, Alex, because you know I was looking at you for four hours. So nope. Oh, I Couldn't was here. Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. I was yeah. at home. That's what. You, yeah, yeah, my home. Mm-hmm. I was at home. Mm-hmm. My Turning house. off that tracking information. Hmm. Just smart. It's weird. I saw Cody to Jed. It was really weird. Like he, you know, we went to Target for the the. Future gifts for the toy drive last week and for children toys. So what's that? Have to he do with he insisted on buying a couple prepaid phones before we, <laughs> yeah. we left too. It was really weird. He said, "No, I got. I need to get a couple prepaid phones." Real He's quick. Tweeting about it's kind places of to eat in Oklahoma. Yeah, it's like prepaid phones. Like, That's kind of weird. You have a cell phone. Why do you need a prepaid phone? <laughs> well, 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 well.
Makes all the sense in the world. We'll keep an eye on all of this. Coming up next, what's trending? And you're going to hear what Harrison Butker had to say in response to some of the criticism from Dustin Colquitt. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is gone stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. Number one on what's trending. Some injury news for the Chiefs today. Andy Reid spoke in the noon hour tight end Jody Fortson looks like he's not going to be available this week and could be out for a couple weeks dealing with an elbow injury. Uh, Herbie Teope out of Chiefs practice today spotted tight end Blake Bell. Remember, he got way early on in the season, been on IR ever since with a hip injury. Uh, he was spotted on the practice field during the media portion of practice. So they've opened up the designated window for him to return, that 21-day window, similar to how they, they did that with McColl last week. So maybe Blake Bell back in time for the playoffs. A crucial piece is a, bl- a, a blocker for this team. Kind of forget about Blake Bell because it's been so long, but uh, might be getting Blake Bell back by the playoffs. Could be a different dynamic. Like if Jody Fortson, because there is a bit of a roster crunch with McColl coming back too. My guess is that if they do decide to bring Blake Bell back, that could mean the end of Jody Fortson's season possibly because they're kind of stuck between a couple of different guys. So we'll see. They hmm. did also say that there's a pretty good chance that McColl Hardman will return this week, which is good. And there's a bit of an illness going through the locker room. Multiple Mike Dana, players. Chris Jones, Colin Saunders. All won't practice today due to uh, illness. We know that Chris Jones was dealing with that late last week. So that just continued. Next up on what's training, the Masters coming up in April has announced that they will allow all live golfers to be allowed in the field. Now, obviously, that's going to be interesting considering the fact that the champion's dinner is going to be amongst <laughs> a couple of groups of players who have had some negative things to say about each other, especially in relation to the live golf stuff over these last few weeks. But the Masters, not surprisingly, like the other majors, kind of following suit and will allow anybody who's been participating in the Live Golf Tour to operate separately. As a reminder, the PGA can kick out all the Live Tours. The majors operate a little bit differently, especially ones like the Masters. They don't have to play by the same rules. 
So they can choose yeah. to invite or allow anybody they want. They're choosing to allow those golfers into their field. I think it's the right decision because you said they're independent. Uh, they're trying to put together the best field, and that's what they've done by allowing that. So the drama is going to be, be fun. It's going to add some more intrigue, I think. Uh, it's the Masters, but I do think overall that is the right decision. It's why the the PGA trying to ban the golfers was always tricky because ultimately if the if the majors are going to allow these guys in, then who cares if you ban them from the random PGA Tour event? Can they play in the non-PGA Tour events like the Masters? And the answer is yes. Yes, they're going to be allowed to do so. Next up on Watch Training, the Royals make another signing to their pitching staff. Multiple reports now indicating the Royals have signed right-handed pitcher Jordan Lyles. Two-year 17 mil. Which That's a bad team tax, uh, right? I mean, come on, that has to be a little bit of where the bad team. I mean, I think it always factors in. But also, is that where the market's at? Like they signed Mike Miner a couple years ago to a two year 17 or two year 18 million dollar deal. This is two for 17. Nobody's ever upset about a one year deal because it's one year. Two for 17, eh, 32 year old. He's been all over the place, right? He's played uh, seven teams over 12 seasons. Last year, a 4-4-2 ERA with the Orioles and a 12 and 11 record. He's never had a below four ERA. Uh, he does eat up innings uh, through 180 innings in 2021, 32 more with Baltimore, where he had uh, 179 and a, a complete game as well. So I think if you look at innings, he's going to eat those up for you. I, You said that you think he's the fifth starter. I hope you're right. I'm worried that he's the three or the four, Cody. If he's a three or a four, then you've just got a bad rotation. There's just no other way to shake that out. It also just makes me wonder what the going rate for Zach Grinke is. Mm-hmm. If he's worth $8.5 million a year, what's Grinke worth? 15? He got 13 million last year, so it feels like the numbers have just gone up. Lastly, on what's trending, the Phoenix Suns are close to being sold now for $4 billion to mortgage lender Matt Ishbia. He apparently was also in the running for the Commanders, or at least said he was going to put in a bid for the Commanders at this point. Remember, Robert Sarver is being forced to sell the Suns because he's a bad person. He's a trash person, so now they're saying get rid of the team. Forbes not most alleg- recently, not allegedly. not allegedly, Forbes recently estimated the Suns is worth two point seven billion dollars. So he's going to get an extra one point three billion hmm. than whatever Forbes thought they were worth. Huh? Hell of a hell of a consolation prize for getting kicked out of the league. What the hell does that mean? The Commanders are worth the Phoenix Suns are worth four billion dollars. What are the Washington Commanders worth when they sell? Seven. Well, the potential six, uh, the potential for a new stadium with the commanders as well makes that team. And kind of somewhat how we've talked about the Royals, how they're, you know, part of your way to get your investment back is building a downtown stadium. Whoever owns the commanders, if in fact Dan Snyder actually sells it, there's some speculation that he might be toying with the league right now. Um, but if Dan Snyder sells the team, the, whoever owns the commanders will end up getting a new Forbes stadium. had them at 5.6 billion. Maybe they'll go for seven Yeah, based on that. Uptick. Chance of that. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of how it's a wild number. Some of this stuff can go. That's what's trending, man. Here on Cody and Gold. Reminder, coming up at 2.15, Patrick Mahomes' exclusive interview with CDOT. Uh, you'll hear that normally on a Monday, but everything pushed back uh, with the Chiefs playing a game on Saturday. So Patrick Mahomes, 2.15 on the drive right here on your official broadcast partner for the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. All right, I, I want to hear from Harrison Butker because yesterday, Dustin Colquitt was on this station with Fesco in the morning. We played you the audio of that. And, of course, he was critical of Tommy Townsend. He said, hey, this isn't all on Harrison Butker. Uh, it's important that the laces are out, right? And that that is Tommy Townsend's job. And he offered some advice and he said, you know, I just let's want this to be the reason why the team gets bounced, uh, gets bounced from the playoffs. I think we all agree with that, but, uh, and none of us know anything about holding kicks and all that. And so no. you, you lean on Dustin Colquitt there. Uh, what was bizarre is like the idea that you have Dave Tobe, who's your special teams coordinator. You're telling me he hasn't seen this. You're telling me that that hasn't been discussed. I find that hard to believe. Um, 
But what is Harrison Butker? Townsend coming to his own defense on Twitter. Townsend responded on Twitter yesterday basically saying Andy Reid reminds them, you know, nobody on the outside knows what the hell they're talking about. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. Uh, So Harrison Butker in the locker room today, of course, was asked about it. Our Chiefs insider, Pete Sweeney, was there, and here's how that conversation went. Former team of yours, Dustin Cooper, has some comments. Anything you want to respond to? Got to make the kick, you know. Uh, you know, Dustin, he's a big Chiefs fan. He obviously has given a lot to the uh, to the whole community here, and I respect the the heck out of him. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to be the best kicker I possibly can be. All the guys here, James, Tommy, uh, Coach Tobe, Coach Reed, they're all the ones that are uh, are pushing us to be our best, and then we're, uh, we're listening to to all those guys and just uh, trying to prove every day. What would you attribute, I guess, like, uh, the missed extra point in the, in the field? I mean, it's something that you, you're not used to missing as many kicks as you right, have this right. season. What do you attribute that to? Uh, I don't know. I just got to keep getting better and, uh, you know, get my get everything downfield and get the ball through the uprights. How's, how's the operation been? I mean, it's very meticulous and detailed what you guys do. How's the operation been going this year uh, with all the kind of things going in and out with injuries and all that? It's been good. It's been good. Um, you know, I got to make the kick. Uh, James and Tommy do a great job, and uh, you know, I got to finish it and, and get the ball through the upright. So, I've been I've been happy with uh, with all the effort and all the work that those guys have been putting in. And um, at the end of the day, the ball's on the ground. It's got to go through. Harrison, do you feel any lingering effects from your injury? We're going to find out in a couple months that uh, you didn't want to talk about it, but you were you were hurt all along. I just I, I got to make the kick. Um, I got plenty of distance on on the field goals and uh yeah i just got to keep working make sure they go through does it affect your rhythm has your rhythm been affected in any way i don't know i mean right now i'm just uh yeah just trying to make those kicks harrison sometimes you guys will go up to the stadium we notice you know you'll leave the facility is there anything different you guys are going to do maybe added practice or operation this operational this week just to maybe try to get that right um i think we'll we'll work on some things uh but I think with, with specialists or probably any position, you don't want to reinvent the wheel, especially during the season. So you got the game plan and you maybe make some small adjustments, work on some things. But otherwise, you know, uh, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. Andy Reid mentioned that, you know, sometimes it's like a golfer. It's like a kicker. You get out of your mojo. What do you do to get back in your mojo? Is there a place you go to eat? Is there something you do to visualize or something like that? I think you got to stick with the process. Obviously, you got to go back to the drawing board if things aren't working out and make some small changes. Like I said earlier, you don't want to do too much. Um, but you got to stick the, to the process. You can't just throw everything out the window and try to do something completely new. Um, and that's... Uh, a big reason why a ball doesn't go through or why it does go right down the middle is just a small little tweak, small little change. And that's the hard part about kicking. You got to find what that small change is and, and make it and you know come through. You're really focused. That, when you, how do you, when you've had something like that happen? I mean, obviously you don't just brush it off. I mean, how, how do you how do you deal with that? You know, when you go home. Yeah, um, obviously God's given me a, a talent to kick a football, right? And I need to uh, do the best I can with that. So I'm working as hard as I can to uh, to fix any issues, to, to get better. But when you do go home, you got to be a, a husband and father to the children. But as soon as I leave that house and I'm coming here, it's, uh, you know, Harrison Bucker, number seven kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I got to be the absolute best kicker I possibly can be or else I'm wasting, you know, the talents that God gave me. So I'm trying to be the very best. And um, I think balance is uh, another big thing. I know um, in 2020 I was missing all those extra points, and one of the things that helped me was – not overanalyzing everything, right? Because you can get yourself where you're just trying to change way too much and, and you're hurting yourself. So I think keeping that balance, but you know, 
you got to go back to the drawing board always if something's off and you got to fix something and you got to come back better. So that's what I'm doing. I'm working my butt off. We were talking to Justin today on the radio and, and he was saying a lot of times kickers will see, you know, we, we see this, the, the seams are one way or the other. When, when you're kicking and you're looking down at that spot, do you see the seams? Do you have something in your head where if you, that the seams are left or right that you've got to do something different? Or are you just kicking that spot no matter where they're going? Yeah, one thing I've worked on past couple years is, is just looking right under the ball so that I'm not even really noticing the spinning laces, if there are any spinning laces, because I can't control that, right? And I'd like to think that no matter where the laces are, I should still be able to hit a straight ball. And that's one thing that Tommy and I have been working on throughout our time together is just some drills where Tommy's putting the balls down, he's spinning it, so I have to get better at just kicking the ball, staring at the bottom, uh, basically the ground below the ball, so I'm not even noticing a spinning ball, right? Because I can't control that. And I think a lot of times kickers, you know, maybe give too much credit to uh, balls where the laces are off or the lean or whatever it may be. I, I always just take the approach of I can do better, I can fix that, I should be able to hit any ball through the uprights. Harrison, with that said, do you feel like you've kicked any more clean balls or less clean balls this year in terms of the laces than any other year? that you've been here? Uh, Same or less? It doesn't seem like anything out of the ordinary, right? Um, And you look across the league and you see guys hitting balls where the laces are facing straight at them and they're still hitting it through. And that's something where, you know, I always can can get better. And no matter what the ball is doing, I got to get it through the uprights. Great. Thanks, guys. All right. So that was Harrison Butker in the locker room, our Pete Sweeney uh, in in the locker room today. Uh, A couple things there from the Butker at the end. He was asked about, of course, the the general comment, which is, you know, how much is it the fact that the laces are not out? Is that impacting you? He he deflected it a little bit. It's a normal amount. Yeah. Well, he said it hasn't changed, but he also said, you know, he thinks he should be able to kick it no matter what. I think that's standing up for Tommy Townsend a little bit there. He also Um, dodged the question about his health. Yeah, we can we can get to that, too, if you want. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just I I was just say real quick. I thought him, him saying that. It doesn't matter whether that to me that is someone sticking up for their teammate a little bit. To where it's like, look, I I should be able to do it no matter the situation. He didn't flat out say that every uh, time the movement of because Dustin Colquitt yesterday said the ball moving can be distracting to a kicker basically, and Buckers taking some of the blame and saying oh, I should be able to look underneath it and not notice the move. I think he's standing up for Tommy Townsend a little bit in that uh, to where. It's not he's acknowledging it's not always the perfect situation, but he still thinks he should be able to make those kicks. Look, there probably are a couple of instances in which the ball placement wasn't perfect or the snap wasn't perfect. Yeah. And that is leading to some problems with Butker. But over the course of the season, those happen all the time. And in previous years, he made the kicks more. And to me, mm-hmm. him ducking the question about his health. That's do you right feel that was a very direct mm-hmm. question? Do you feel any lingering effects from the injury you suffered earlier this year. I'm just trying to make kicks. That That's yeah, not Va- an answer. Vahe uh, over at the Kansas City Star asked that question. And he's like, are we going to find out in a couple months, you know, that you're unhealthy? And he's, he's, Vahe's correct. Like, that's usually how this stuff goes. And Bucker didn't flat out say, he could have said, hey, look, guys, I'm healthy. That stuff's crazy. I'm healthy. He did, he did not say that. He, no, he actively avoided he, it. He's cl- you know, we to me when a team continues to push you out there, like I, I judge you as if you are fully healthy, right? If you're good enough to play, I'm gonna I'm gonna be critical based on you being healthy. But I think it clearly is something that has to be part that, of. The, in this instance, it has to be part of, uh, part of the equation here. I still think he is their best option. The idea that they can go grab somebody off the street on December 20th and go and have that guy be reliable to where you feel good come playoff time in an AFC title game over Butker, I think is ludicrous. I still trust Butker over any other kicker available right now. Sure. Off season, if we find out that it's not because of health, well, then, yeah, then they need to explore options in the off season. But if it's health, even an unhealthy Butker is still better than the other options. With that said, 
the coaching staff cannot approach the the third and four, and there uh, you know, uh, you know, at, at the forty yard line or thirty eight yard line, the same way as they maybe did a couple years ago. That's what has to change. It's very simply put, which is what Nate Taylor had asked us in the question. He said, "All right, let's say it's fourth and five, fourth and ten, fourth and fifteen. It's a must-have, and it's going to be a fifty-three yarder. Do you trust Mahomes to get those for the five and ten yards? I trust Mahomes for the fifteen. Maybe I let Butker kick it." Because 15 yards, it's probably 50-50. Although you do know, right, that the Chiefs are converting more than 50% of their third and 10 pluses this season. They're converting third and long at an unprecedentedly high rate, which means no NFL offense in the history of the NFL statistically is more likely to convert a third and 10 than the Chiefs are really right now. And it's a better percentage than Butker is currently hitting. So to me, it's do I trust Butker, a guy who isn't healthy because I don't think he's I think he's openly admitting he's not there and isn't consistently making anything over 50 yards to the point that it is a concern. I'll trust Mahomes. That's I know I didn't talk about it yesterday because I was on the show. But what you were describing late in the game is exactly how I felt. They clearly had just dialed it in, decided to let the clock tick down and it settled in on 51 yards being good enough. And that's a mistake. You cannot think that way with Harrison Butker anymore. If you do, you might lose a game. There's a chance, probably a 50-50 one, now that he's hurt, that'll make it. And I know in their brain, it used to be like 80% from Butker from that range, in which we would have all said, sure, man, 51-yarder, go kick right, it. Right, right. No, it's just you not have the to same adjust. anymore. You have to adjust. And I, I mean, Butker acknowledged that the laces have not been out you know, consistently. But he also said that in, in maybe you view he's just defending Townsend, but he also said he doesn't feel like it's any more or less than it was in the past. But he acknowledged that he's got to, in his mind, look underneath, you know, towards the ground of the football, Cody, so he doesn't notice the movement. So clearly there could be a better operation going on. It's just I, don't, I think this, this is something that's ongoing. That is, that is something Butker has been able to usually deal with. And that's why the question of health I think probably plays into this more than maybe it has in the past when he's, when he's healthy, maybe, maybe the, the way Tommy Townsend's holding the ball hasn't impacted things as much. And now that he's not healthy, maybe it is a bigger problem. Yeah. He used to be able to kick through it, but now he can't. It's obvious. There's a problem. I hate, I hate that the special teams is consistently been the most nerve wracking portion of this team. The entire it is year. one of the three or four biggest concerns. Still this team turnovers, special teams, red zone defense, those Special are one, teams. two, and three, probably. Yep. Yeah. See what happens on Sunday in a cold weather climate. And how the Chiefs are going to perform now that Chiefs of can't, That's right. can't attend games. Who's going to step up? Who's going to be that super fan? Can you, Jed? Who's going to be that super fan on Saturday to cheer this team on in that cold weather? There's no Wolf. There's KC Wolf. Although that Wolf costume would be pretty warm for a day like Saturday. Somebody else has to take the costume over. Somebody else. Somebody else if I could have got my hands on a costume, I would have worn it today on a video stream. But I couldn't get one in time. You've you probably could have gotten a ski mask. Know. I'm not going to wear a ski mask. That would be what maybe someone was wearing at the bank, not yeah. at Arrowhead. Yeah. Good to have you back, Cody. We're back at it tomorrow, <laughs> 10 o'clock. The Drive coming up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.